Alrighty, welcome to my fifth tangent on this World Cup. Thanks so much for joining me. I don't think this will ever change, but another interesting day in the World Cup. First match of the day, Sweden versus South Korea. Sweden definitely outplayed the Koreans, but they needed a penalty kick to get on the board. VAR once again coming into play and uh, correctly awarding a penalty. one nothing. the final score. Uh, goal scoring is still definitely a problem for Sweden, and Mexico and Germany will definitely be tougher opponents for them, so... So they need to watch out for that. Belgium versus Panama. Well, it took a while, but the goals finally came. Panama fighting pretty well and getting a few chances of their own, but Belgium just too much talent and power. They finally broke through with another top 10 candidate goal. This one from Dries Mertens, who plays his club soccer in Italy with Napoli. Belgium, the favorites in this group, and it's being said that this is the first game of the tournament where a clear favorite won handily. Other times that Giants met Minnows, uh, the Minnows seem to hunker down and eke out either a 1-0 loss or maybe even a draw, uh, but this one, the final score of 3 to nothing. Tunisia versus England, my pick of uh, the most interesting match of the day. England needing an injury time header from their captain, Harry Kane, his second goal of the night. I guess our vocab word of the day can be injury time. When players need medical attention, the game stops, but the clock keeps running. An official a referee keeps track of this time, and he adds it on at the end of the half, each half, so that a team can't use an injury to waste time. Like, for example, Tunisia, you know, obviously on paper a much weaker team than England, they could use injuries to slow England down and take time off the clock so that England has less time to work with. So that's the point of injury time, is to try and balance that out. What stood out to me in this game was that the starting lineup for England, only an average of 22 and a half caps between the starting 11 for England. By comparison, I mean, Tunisia was pretty close, 20.6 average caps. And so you have a point of reference. Germany starters yesterday, average caps of 59 and a half. Brazil with 45.1. So England clearly lacking in experience, but nevertheless, they got off to a great start. An early goal, everything seemed to be going well for them, but then a lapse in judgment from Kyle Walker elbowing a Tunisian player in the box, and uh, Tunisia equalizes on the penalty kick. And they almost stole a point. They seemed to stay very well organized and confident after that goal, uh, only sending one player towards the ball. Uh, they did not panic, and England just seemed to turn into kindergartners at times, flailing and missing kicks, huge chances wasted that they needed. Nevertheless, Kane saves them, and a huge weight is off England's back, which will serve them a lot going forward as they take on a feisty Panama side. Panama will believe they can beat England after hanging with a stronger Belgium side for 47 minutes. And of note, both goals were from corner kicks, so that is a challenge for England that they could not score a goal in a normal run of play, and that's something to watch out for. All right, let's preview the matches coming up for tomorrow, day six. First up is Colombia versus Japan. Uh, this one's an interesting matchup indeed. I think this would be my match to watch. Japan have been known to punch above their weight on occasion on the backs of a couple of talented players. However, these players are in the later parts of their careers. Keisuke Honda had a couple great performances in the 2010 World Cup in South Africa, including against Denmark, when he scored an insane and memorable free kick. I think that elevated his name in a lot of minds of soccer fans. Japan made it to the round of 16 that year and lost on penalties to Paraguay. Another standout player for them, Shinji Kagawa. His transfer value rose a lot in that time as well. Seemed to be a star on the rise, and Manchester United purchased him from Borussia Dortmund. And just, he did not meet expectations, he couldn't really fit in there. And eventually he transferred back to the Germans, uh, Borussia Dortmund. And he hasn't been able to really find the same kind of quality. 
Colombia have solid players in each position, but also players who have followed similar paths. James Rodriguez lit up the 2014 World Cup, scoring incredible goals, six in total, winning him the golden boot as the top goal scorer, despite Colombia exiting in the quarterfinals. His transfer value skyrocketed, and Real Madrid purchased him for the following club season. He seemed to continue that form, but over time, due to a combination of injuries, uh, clashing egos, too much talent at the club, his appearances and performances started to wane, and resulting in him being loaned to German giant club Bayern Munich. There is a form of contract in soccer where a player can be loaned to another team for a period of time. The parent club still owns him outright, but the loaning club takes on his salary costs and or pays a fee, some combination thereof. Let's say a player has a bright future, but there are too many stars on the team that you have to put in the starting spots. You could loan out this player to a weaker club where, where this bright young star could actually start in games and build more experience. So James is on loan at the moment in Germany, and he'll line up tomorrow alongside his compatriot Radamel Falcao. Falcao was putting up insane numbers for his club team, Atletico Madrid, not to be confused with Real Madrid. Um, Atletico, it's like uh, the Yankees and the Mets in, in Madrid. Anyways, Falcao played for them in 2011 to 2013. He was putting up Messi-like numbers, scoring 0.77 goals per game. And as his value skyrocketed, he was lured away by newly cash-rich Monaco in France and just hasn't quite been able to recapture the same productivity and now at 32 years old. I think Hamas is set to star again in this World Cup after a solid season of uh, recalibrating, if you will, in Germany, and Japan will trail behind them just ever so slightly. Next match is Poland versus Senegal. Another pretty even matchup here. Poland have been getting better each year as their talisman, Robert Lewandowski, has matured. He also plays for Bayern Munich and is one of the top strikers in the world. They have two wins, one draw and one loss in 2018, scoring nine goals in those four matches. Uh, but they did give up four goals as well, and they'll be taking on a solid Senegalese side. Most of their players play for solid clubs throughout Europe, and they are led by Sadio Mane, who is one of the fastest human beings I have ever seen. He's a part of that Liverpool club team that made it to the Champions Cup final, scored in that game. He'll be fun to watch in this one. A tough group to call, but I think Colombia and Senegal are making it out. And then the last match of the day, Russia versus Egypt. Uh, this one is bittersweet as uh, it's the first reminder of just how fast this tournament goes. We're back to Group A. It seems like only yesterday Russia trounced Saudi Arabia 5 to nothing in the opening match. They've got momentum on their side, plus home field advantage. And for Egypt, everyone is wondering if we will see Mohamed Salah enter this World Cup. I think he will. They have to roll the dice to make it out of this group after losing to Uruguay in the last minute, one to nothing. This one should be a fun match to watch as well. So, so while no giant countries on the bill tomorrow, still some pretty interesting matchups. And I uh, hope you enjoy. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on day six.